I'm Ted Baker, and this is the Hobart Lacrosse Podcast, Episode 66, Off-Season Edition for September 2023. Joined by the head coach of the Statesman, Greg Raymond. Welcome back. Thanks, Ted. Back so, at it again, man. Yeah, so let's do just a quick recap of the past season. Five and eight, you had a pair of one-goal losses in back-to-back weeks on the road. Otherwise, you'd have been in the tournament. Uh, there were a ton of one-goal games in this league. So your thoughts on year one in the A-10? Uh, it, I mean, it was a failure, Ted. Yeah, I think uh, we, we, we had as much... Um, as much focus on in this off season um, with how to keep all necessary players on the field respectfully, and uh, as much as we as much as we did how we played those games and uh, the the reasons why a team may lose a one goal game, um, whether it be metaphorically or literally, uh, you know all of those things. You know, we we just feel as though we underperformed, you know, in, in all facets, if you went before our league play and, and looked at the, you know, first quarter of the Cornell game, or looked at the uh, third quarter of the Syracuse game, or, you know, all of those, I mean, the, the debacle with Dartmouth and how many goals we give up there, you know, we, we've been up and down this, this past season and, and in and out of each game, you know, we felt like we were talking about, meaning me and you, we were talking about blown leads and, and eight goal leads that became tie games quickly and, and, you know, when and how that those things happen. So we, we've, we've put a lot of time and effort towards um, uh, our young men's mental approach to what we're doing daily. Uh, we've changed some things. We've, we've changed some directives. We've uh, as a coaching staff um, hammered home our communication on um on an everything basis whether it's um attendance in class uh communication with uh potentially a a poor grade or um any situation socially and and how we behave more responsibly what 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 type of diligence we have in our community service initiatives we've we've basically revisited all teaching aspects so that when one goal games and, and those contests do arise and the balls in our stick uh, at the end of a game, um, we we want our men to be tougher in those moments. And um, prior to that, when we're, we're up eight or down eight or uh, whatever the scenario is going to a game, how have we prepared our men to handle those moments? And then to that original point is, can we keep our quote unquote best players on the field all season long and and um our sports medicine staff uh, our strength and conditioning staff we sat down at the end of the year in a meeting and it, uh, we were probably in there 4 hours talking about what we're doing wrong what we're doing right and even the things that we are doing right how can we make it better um and uh we we put together a pretty good solution you know we we've loved the start of this thing we've loved the Division one model that's been put in place. You know, we have our sports medicine staff year round. We have our strength coach um, uh, involved in each individual growth aspect and and their bodies and their minds and and all of this stuff. So we've uh, uh, we I don't want to say went back to square one, but we've 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 revisited the discipline that 
we believe re-energized this program and put us in a position where we feel like we can win an Atlantic 10 conference. And um, we have another great roster, Ted. We have another great team. We have a slew of outstanding senior leaders and, um, and hard workers. So now it's up to us coaches to keep these guys on the field and put them in the healthiest and toughest mindset possible so that when these contests come back, um, one goal losses are in our favor. How do you keep yourself on an even keel mentally? You're a very competitive guy. This has to eat at you. Yeah, a lot. You know, I think, uh, one, you got to compartmentalize as best you can. You know, I, um, without, regardless of sounding kind of corny, Ted, I, got, I have a great life. I love this job. I, I love the position I'm in. I love my staff. Um, and most importantly, you know, I got a happy and healthy family at home. Um, and I have a very convenient situation. You know, I live two miles away from campus. I, you know, I, there there aren't any inconveniences really in my life besides that which you know the the uh, the fate provides. Um, and so I, I'm I'm not an unhappy guy. I'm a very happy guy. And when the competitive nature starts to take all those things over, I just got to you got to revisit the process and. If I'm not taking extreme ownership over this program, then then I'm not a good head coach. So, but in order to do that in a healthy way, um, it has to be process driven. You have to consider what failure does to a future success, and, and you have to look at, um, in particular or specifically, what what kind of time. James Green gets on the field. What kind of time, you know, Will Delano gets on the field, and and the role that, you know, Nolan Firth takes over with injury, and and uh, you know Ellis Willis Wilson as a freshman, and you know, and how much resilience you can you can develop and grow with guys that play a little bit banged up and injured, and 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 get them to come back with a, a more energized and focused version of themselves so it is frustrating you know it, it's not who we are it's not uh um a situation or a season that we're necessarily proud of but um we are proud of uh the the way our guys continue to show up every day and and even more so the way they return to this campus uh we feel like all those frustrations as coaches we handle in an off season, um, if we can communicate them constructively throughout the summer, the months of June and July and August, um, which we felt like we did a pretty good job with, uh, we, we have a team back on campus right now that seems to have uh, a little bit of a deeper edge and, and maybe a little bit of a bigger chip on their shoulder than they had a season ago. So um, we can dwell and uh, whine, complain, this and that, but like I tell you a hundred times over here, Ted, if if our guys don't perform the way we want them to, it's our fault. So um, we look internally as a coaching staff, spend a lot of time on what we do. And I think that helps that frustration. It It's encouraging to know what how how dedicated the young men we have recruited and are on, on this team and in this program are. So um, that's uh, an easy fix, really. Just re reflect on the position I'm in. Um, how fortunate I am, and then translate those ideologies or beliefs into my guys. I know we've got a couple of fall ball scrimmages coming up. Talk to us about the fall preparation for 2024. Um, a lot of what I just talked about, you know, I think we've, uh, we're, we're scrimmaging Binghamton and Drexel at Binghamton on October 21st. And um, we always like to travel in the fall 
and get our guys on a bus. Uh, get we believe that's a more difficult process than than hosting somebody at home um and and do think that our first year athletes really need to feel that that bus camaraderie that travel day what what it looks like and um what a what a travel day game looks like what an overnight game looks like and the difference in those two so we we like to get on the road and you know i think um we're, we we head into that scrimmage with um um all types of uh, continued focus on what the individual growth has been and, you know, how those guys can see more clearly what a selfless and uh, attention to detail approach to our daily practice, how that will translate into collective effort on the 21st. So um, we've uh, looked at some things that we're changing up defensively and um, talked a lot about uh how much how much better of a team defense we need to be and that's that's the entire team and if we're, if we're going to do things the way that we want and we're going to win in the end of the season we're going to need to stop people from scoring better there there's no doubt in our mind so um there's a lot of focus on that this fall and um and as always you got to get your young, your young guys acclimated this is a freshman class or sorry a first year class that is excellent and um you know there there's there's some guys that we believe won't, won't only impact, but uh, could could have the ball in their stick for a lot of the game, and and also could be covering some very uh, some very good attackmen a lot of the game, and and uh, and all the things and in, in between the lines and and up and down these um, we've got to get them ready for that that competition. So um, finding that balance of how hard we can push them, and we're we're kind of going. Uh, over that line of uh, should we lay back or should we push forward? We're we're, we're pushing forward um, in September and October, and we hope that product or or working towards that product on the twenty first to be, you know, a, a tougher brand of lacrosse with first year athletes that um, are very comfortable in their skin. As I'm broadcasting fall sports, I'm seeing more grad students than ever on the Hobart and William Smith rosters. So give us the good news: who's back for year five? Yeah, great group, and um, it was a scramble at the end of the year, but um, uh, we have uh, a lot of guys participate in this MSM program in this grad school again, which we're very fortunate for. Uh, we bring Troy back, uh, the big guy down at attack. Um, uh, Johnny Hurley, he comes back and is healthy, um, which he wasn't all last spring, which was a big hit for us, but he's healthy, he's happy. I mean, he looks fantastic. Um, Suli Bayo comes back in, in an awesome toughness and leadership role. We bring Adam Shea back at the face-off X. And uh, again, another guy that was banged up head to toe, uh, spent the whole summer healing and feeling better, uh, getting all those ailments in a good place. Um Vinny Orlando comes back on the defensive end, a, a, a great specialist for us and a great veteran leader on the field there. And um, uh, I believe that's it. I named, I named five of them there. Ted, I think so, John, yeah. yeah. John, Shay, Troy, Suli, and Vinny, those are all back our fifth-year guys, and they are, um, they're, they're playing like fifth years right now. It's nice. Before we talk about the first-year class, let's talk about recruiting strategy a little bit. Do you recruit to need – or best athlete? Uh, both. And, and the best athletes got to be in that category of need as well. You know, So what what we noticed much more in the A-10 than we had in the NEC is, um, you know, in some games in, that, in the Northeast Conference, um, which was a very competitive conference, as you know, Ted, and one that we respect greatly, 
um, you could get by with a few X's and O's twists. And, um, you know, obviously strategy is always important. And um, if you threw a wrinkle in here or there in a couple games, um, you could you could create a, a pretty big deficit with the opponent. Um, or at times, you know, we felt like we were more athletic. You know, we felt like we had guys that could run by their defender. We felt like we had guys that could defend the ball well. And, you know, what you notice in the A-10 is um, you're kind of evenly matched in all of these facets. And so we we need big, strong, and fast. And we're going to go that route over the need Um more often than not when on the recruiting fund, but at the same time, and um, as frustrating of of an answer as it might be, every need position we have now has got to be filled with a guy that can move and um, a guy that can handle the ball and uh, a guy that has some strength so that he can endure a division one season. So uh, a long winded way of saying um, a lot of both, but we know to win this conference, we need, we need some big, strong athletes. All right, tell us about some of them. Uh, let's meet the first-year class. Uh, great class, Ted. You know, we're very proud of um, uh, across the board from from top to bottom uh, in no particular order. Uh, a young man named Anthony Stillwell. Uh, he's out of Western Massachusetts, uh, you know, a state that we do great in and with our Sudbury Pass, with our, our Pass with the Massachusetts Club Program and, and all the connections we have. Um uh, from alums to to the Brian Vaughn's of the world, we um, we feel great out of that state. Uh, he's a River School young man, and he played for the Fighting Clams Club program. Uh, a lefty uh, offensive scorer who we're we're very excited about. Um, Chris Patterson. Uh, Chris is a guy that's showing us right away and right now um, how impactful he can be at this level. Uh, an attackman, a guy that um, is extremely comfortable behind the goal, which. Um, you know, no shock, Ted. We, you know, we haven't had that quarterback style attackment in a long time here. Maybe after uh, Chris Islanian, he's a he's a two handed player, uh, quick as all heck, and um, a really tough cover who can also shoot the ball well. So he's he's showing great versatility and a guy that we're really excited about uh, out of Bronxville, New York. Um, played for the Predators program, which has treated us well uh, over the past couple of years. So uh, Chris Patterson, I think, is a name you're going to hear often in this program. Um, mm-hmm. An upstate boy, Colden Swisher. Uh, Colden's a smooth, two-handed midfielder who shoots the heck out of the ball and uh, has such a great stoic and calm demeanor about him. He's um, showing great in all these individual sessions and, uh, you know, has these great soft hands, mixes up shots really well and, and showing that he can put the ball in the back of the net. Um, he's a Burnt Hills, New York guy, uh, Burnt Hills, Boston, or Burnt Hills, Boston Lake, and, um, played for that Albany power club program. And, uh, is another great one for us. Uh, Danny Campbell. Um, I'm not sure Ted, you know, I, I want to put my foot in my mouth here, but, as we've had a ton, a ton of athletes from all over the place in this program um, for a long, long, long time. I'm not sure we've ever had anybody from uh, St. Louis, Missouri. Uh, our first first recruit out of Missouri, Dan, was an excellent high school football player, uh, played for an excellent high school football program, and um, is one of those big, strong athletes that we talked about. And uh, he he's a force uh, with the ball and has shown that he's got a great, powerful shot. I think he's got to learn the speed of the game. And, you know, coming from a place where I'm not sure um, 
how across the board of the parity with uh, high school across in Missouri really looks. So he's learning the pace of this game, uh, all the intricate parts of an offense, uh, how to move off ball, all those things. But I mean, he is a uh, he's a big, strong, fast guy that I think can be extremely impactful here early. Um, out of, yeah, again. Uh, South City, Missouri, and St. Louis. Uh, I went to St. Louis University um, right out of that town, Project Missouri Club program. Really excited about Dan and hoping he opens up a lot of windows for us in the Midwest where, um, you know, there are players growing and growing and growing in numbers. Um, uh, next one, a guy named Jack Schleicher. Jack's uh, sister is actually a, uh, a William Smith lacrosse player, so he knew this campus well, and uh, she's an excellent competitor for our fantastic yeah. uh, William Smith lacrosse program. And Jack is a stud athlete, man, one of the better athletes out of central New Jersey. Uh, our great connection in the Blue Star Club program, a guy named M.V. Whitlow put us on to him. Um he is out of St. Augustine Prep in New Jersey, uh, a guy that runs the field very well. Jack was actually a terrific high school basketball player and uh, uh, considered pursuing that route a little bit. And we convinced him otherwise. Uh, we're uh, we're already seeing um, his feet moving uh, faster and more fluidly than than a lot of our guys. So Jack's going to be a great player for us here. And then also just an excellent young man, a great family that have – bought into Hobart and William Smith athletics completely. So we're, we're so pumped to continue that lineage and get him here. Um, young man named Tyler Cabo, West Hartford, Connecticut, Avon old farms, uh, our alum, you know, um, Billy Warder is going to love hearing that, uh, Avon old farms and, uh, Connecticut Valley elite player for that club program. Uh, Tyler Cabo is a little bit under recruited. Um, and, uh, you know, that we love that here, Ted, he is, uh, shown a giant chip on his shoulder. A lot of people are calling him um, a Nolan Firth clone. He's just uh, very tenacious, uh, very physical, um, shows up every single day and is there to work. So uh, Tyler is a guy that um, he, he's the epitome of that underdog identity that we talk about and, and a guy that um, is showing the coaches that he knows how to play this game well very early. Um, uh, we have a brother. Uh, on the team here, Nick Sotteropoulos, uh, Lucas Sotteropoulos' younger brother, same high school, Severn, uh, same club, Annapolis Hawks out of Crownsville, Maryland. Um, you know already, Ted, uh, you know, how how impactful Lucas has been on this team. And, and um, whether or not Nick's here without Lucas, we don't know. We don't care. We just think it's awesome. And and Nick is a fantastic player. Uh, we love the family completely. Um and uh, Nick's a guy that um, has shown uh, another great high school football player, was one of the best running backs in the MIAA his senior year, and uh, has shown that he's a very passionate player, a guy that handles the ball well and is very coachable, a very intelligent athlete, just like his brother. Um, an upstate New York guy, uh, a pal Mack out of Palmyra, New York, a sweet last club program, a big defenseman named Robert Kinslow. Uh, Robert was an All-American up here last year. Uh, I think he was the uh, this section's player of the year, his senior year. He's big, he's long, he's fast, another versatile athlete. He's uh, He was a great high school basketball player, and just an awesome blue-collar guy who, um, again, shows up every day, has his eyes on you, his ears open, and uh, makes our defense much bigger, much longer, and faster too. So he's uh, he's showing he grasps concepts concepts very quick already, and um, are loving his product so far. Um, 
Same scenario with a young man named Andre Weist. All our guys are calling him Dre uh, out of Wilton, Connecticut, Wilton High School. Played for an Express North team. Uh, great connection we have with uh, the Schreiber family. Chris Schreiber's uh, a great connection out of that Express North program and, and is helping us a ton. Andre is very big. Andre is very long. Andre is very fast and uh, has a has a kind of an unorthodox style on the ball and off the ball, which which we love. But um, I mean, Dre was a, a, a terrifically impactful high school defenseman, and uh, we have very big plans for him. He's a he's a guy that we think can help us right away. Um, young man named Brooks Ryan, who's uh, Cherry Creek, Colorado. Um, again, tons of alums out there that help us, but also post-graded at the Salisbury School. Another shout-out to, to Bill Warder and um, uh, Bobby Wynn, uh, that Salisbury program that that's helped us a ton. And, and we just saw Brooks take off his post-grad year, have a phenomenal year at Salisbury School, um, played in that 3D Colorado program that you know we have a ton of history with. So uh, he's another defender for us and got great hands, great ability to handle the ball, and, and also th- shows this um, good knack of – some some turnover checks and creating some turnovers when he's on the ball. So uh, another big guy too, big and long. And and we've noticed we need a little bit of size on the defensive end. And Brooks helps us there as well. Um, one of our biggest recruits here, a, a guy that committed very early, tons of attention on the recruiting front. Uh, Jack Fiola is a goalie out of Canandaigua, and um, we already see another outstanding goalie battle brewing here, Ted, and and um, one that uh, we're going to play great focus to again, uh, but we're very lucky to have Jack. Jack is lightning quick in the goal. He has great hands, great reaction, um, can can bait you a little bit, but is very fundamental and um, is a very confident goaltender. So um, Jack's got some history in the in the town of Geneva. Both, both his parents grew up here and they moved to Canandaigua, but you know, Jack is. If you went and watched Canandaigua for the last three years, um, you would say who's in the goal. And you know, Jack was an outstanding high school goaltender, and we think um, going to compete for playing time. He already is right oh, away. Yeah. I've seen him play. Yeah, he's real. Yeah, very good, very good goaltender. Three D Upstate guy, um, and and we love him already. Another goalie here at, uh, at Washington Park, Colorado, um, in Denver. Uh, and then attended the Holderness School, played for the 3D New England program. Trevor Fox. Trevor is a legacy, um, one of our best alums and um, most well-liked alums. And um, his his dad, Sean Fox, uh, um, is is a guy who we love and respect here. We've named an award after Sean, and and Trevor decided to to attend Hobart as well. And um, we love him for that. And another great goaltender, a guy that has, again, given us a very difficult job to determine who who's who's in there, who's staying in there and um, holding that starter to a great accountability. Trevor gives us ex- excellent depth at that goaltender position. And uh, last but not least, a young man named Mikey Valent. Mikey was uh, another All-American in upstate New York, another player of the year in his section. Um uh, out of Henrietta, New York, uh, you know, the likes of Tommy Rosa, Rush Henrietta guy, and uh, mo- more recently on our SAA board, uh, a gentleman named Rafe Mattingly. Um, this is, uh, uh, you know, a great uh, a great get, um, great face-off guy, 
um, and in an awesome toughness. Uh, Mikey is a worker to the umph degree. You know, you already see Shay uh, stopping in the office and and just um, singing his praises as they're doing work together. Mike is a was an excellent high school high school hockey player and um, is a powerful presence on the field. Just um, big, strong, fast, has um, these big, huge hands and big, huge forearms that uh, just shows he's going to be, you know, a pretty impactful force at the face-off X. So, and the the best thing for him is, of course, the guy he's got in front of him right now. He's only going to get better and better as time goes on. So, um, played for that FCA program, a guy named Solomon Bliss, who helps us out a ton, um, who runs that group. But, um uh, Mikey rounds that class up, Ted, and it's an awesome one. Uh, guys that um, are completely dialed in. All our upperclassmen have been talking about their work ethic, how serious they are about what we do here, and they've just all transitioned so well already. All right, sounds pretty exciting. You've been fundraising heavily this offseason for a potential trip in the future. Tell us about the effort and the, and the trip. Sure. So, you know, Ted, we're, we're – we're up against it on a recruiting front, no matter no matter how you draw it up. Everybody is. You know, the, the competition that we face um, with uh, the growing name, image, and likeness uh, angle and, and what scholarships provide, what, you know, uh, what type of merit awards you have, um, uh, your location, the, the this and that. I mean, you know, we're, we're in that September 1st uh, junior recruiting hunt right now where um, the guys that we're speaking to are – all over the place. You know, you got guys that are looking at Ivy League schools and looking at Hobart and then looking at Delaware and then looking at, I mean, UMass. It, it, they're, they're, they're just, they don't know what they want at this point. Uh, so it's up to us to sell them that make and model that that makes the most sense for them. And and we believe that this will be an awesome angle in our recruiting forum is uh, can we plan and fundraise for, for a broad trip for an abroad trip every four years. It's something that we haven't done yet since I've been here um, and we're, we're ready to take the plunge. We feel like our facilities are in a great place and um, we have all that we need. We just updated our RFK and, and, we're, we're talking about future renovations there. Our locker room was updated and renovated. Um, so we, we feel like we're in a really good place from a facilities and an on-campus standpoint. And, and it took us a bit to get there, but we're there. And um, still working, of course. Um, but uh, that next angle is uh, what's another perk? For coming to play at Hobart, and and we we believe that you know a trip to Italy, a trip to Spain, playing over there, and you know with with families invited and and all things included, would be a uh, just an awesome experience over your four years here. I, I, I've had a bunch of it with my previous employer, uh, taking a couple of broad trips with a couple of programs, and they're nothing but successes each time. So uh, we felt like adding this to our fundraising initiative would skyrocket you know, that, uh, that, that fundraising goal, but, um, our alums, our families, our parents, everybody that's involved here, uh, has shown throughout my 10 years in this program that we can accomplish this goal. And, uh, the word's already out with our guys, you know, they're completely fired up. And, um, so we made that one of our key initiatives this, uh, this full year, uh, we're going to track all of the, all of the give back and keep our alums and parents and everybody involved as to how we're approaching this goal and how quickly we're getting there. We still have all of these same, with a couple more, 
uh, alumni events and fundraising events with um, October, uh, the last weekend, October, our, our homecoming and, and uh, parent weekend is now at that weekend of October 27th and 28th. So we moved that alumni weekend to that weekend. That'll be a huge um a huge uh, notch in this in this fundraising goal. We have some dinners where our coaches are going to travel a little bit, give a update on the program, uh, a state of the program address, if you will, in, in Boston and Rochester and maybe a few others. And um, and then our athletic day of donors in the spring. Um, so we've got all things in place to to reach this goal. We just thought we want our alums and, and all our supporters to, to understand why it's so important, um, how it helps on this recruiting front and 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 what it does for the experience of the young man in this program. So we're excited about adding that abroad trip to to the goal and and also um if our alums were to come here they'd see um the, the fundraising initiative towards the renovations in our locker rooms with our new carpet, our new lighting, uh, new film software, new film projector, new seating in our locker room to make film work even even better. A couple upgrades in our office and our technology up here. So um, all things that, again, are kickstarting this Division One initiative and um, allow our guys to feel like they are a part of um, what we believe is um, one of the most, if not the most important lacrosse programs in the country. One last thing, out-of-conference scheduling was a real chore last year with a smaller league and kind of a short period of time to do it. Can you tell us anything about uh, out-of-conference this year? Yeah, we're we're a ton ton further than we were a year ago, Ted. And it, you know, I think it's because of the bumps and bruises we had a year ago. But we we more or less have this schedule set. We're going to uh, to go through um, a couple of these details to make sure. But um, you know, we had Albany to this schedule. We get Syracuse at home on this schedule. We we kick off we kick off the season with Colgate at home. That's the first game this year. We play Michigan at Michigan. Uh, we're typically scrimmaging them, and that's a um, that's a game with a Big Ten program that's excellent out there. Uh, we got Tuesdays with Canisius, um, and uh, and another Tuesday uh, with with a bye week in in between those Tuesday games. So um, we we love how the schedule looks. The A10 schedule isn't exact yet; it's coming out very soon. But uh, our out of conference is again a bruiser, like it always is, like we need it to be. So we're ready for the Atlantic Ten, but also just some 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 new matchups, uh, some new places to travel, uh, just to keep this thing fresh. But we feel great about where it is, and uh, and as a head coach, I. Can tell you, I'm thrilled with the fact that we're, we're this far along in this scheduling and um, can can concentrate and focus on some other things. All right, this has been the Hobart Lacrosse Podcast. You can get this podcast on Apple Podcasts, uh, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, wherever you go, and your official source for all Hobart and William Smith Athletics news, hwsathletics.com. Uh, Coach, thanks. We went uh, 31 minutes without even a game to talk about. <laughs> I love it, Ted. Good to be back, man.